Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedger. I'm blessed, honored, humbled to be the pastor here at the soon-to-be-called Salisbury Community Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision here at Salisbury is to love God and others, serve as an example, plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. Amen. I have just a couple of announcements. Uh, update on the capital campaign. I forgot to get an exact number. I apologize. Um, but I do know we're over $12,000. So we're almost halfway there. Uh, we appreciate it. We sure do. On the 29th of March at 6.30, we are tentatively scheduled for two votes. Uh, the first one will be members only with a district superintendent, and that'll be to vote on disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church. Immediately following that, um, all church members, people that come to church that are active in church, are welcome to attend the second vote, and that one be, will be for a new incorporation. That's where we'll actually change our name to Salisbury Community Church. So if you can make it, we would love to have you there. Joys and concerns. Well, you already heard one joy. That is that people in this community are just blessing this church. We just, we are so humbled. We are so grateful. We are so honored. So uh, we thank you. Our prayer list, our concerns seems to grow uh, just about every day. So please, every morning, God knows who's on the list. Just if you would every day or throughout the day, if you would just lift up those people on our church's prayer list. God God knows who it is. So uh, if you would pray with me right now. Father God, you invite us deeper into your world, your people, your Lent. May this time be one of outward focus, seeking you and those we often ignore. Help us live a Lent focused on freedom, generosity, and encounter. Give us hearts hungry to serve you and those who need what we have to give. Help us to fast from judging others and instead feast on Christ dwelling in them. Help us to fast from fear of illness and instead feast on the healing power of God. Help us to fast from words that pollute and instead feast on speech that purifies. Help us to fast from discontent and instead feast on gratitude. Help us to fast from anger and instead feast on patience. Help us to fast from pessimism and instead feast on hope. Help us to fast from negatives and instead, feast on encouragement. Help us to fast from bitterness, and instead feast on forgiveness. Help us to fast from self-concern, and instead, feast on compassion. Help us to fast from suspicion, and instead, feast on truth. Help us to fast from gossip, and instead, feast on purposeful silence. Help us to fast from problems that overwhelm and instead feast on prayer 
that sustains. Help us to fast from anxiety and instead feast on faith. Father God, we know you can heal us in a heartbeat. We pray for your miraculous healing today from the fresh depression, lifelong disease, sudden failures, addictions, and massive handicaps. We pray for miraculous healing because we know you are as capable of fixing our physicalities as you are to hold the oceans in place as the earth spins around. Through your son's death on a cross, we have the opportunity to be healed spiritually. By believing in Jesus, we are connected straight to you in prayer and presence. Bless our hearts to believe in you beyond our heart's capacity. Strengthen our faith where it's weak and strengthen our resolve to linger in your presence a little longer each day. Take our pain away according to your will, in your name, in your time. We're not promised a painless life on this earth, and we ask you to send your Spirit to help us see past our circumstances and onto your calling on our lives. Sickness and injury can't stop God-placed dreams. Fill our hearts with hope as we wait on you to move in our lives and flow out from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's memory verse comes from John 4, 14. John 4, 14. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Praise God. If you would, join me with a call to worship. People of God, where do we put our trust? We lift our eyes up to the hills. Where do we find wholeness and meaning? Our help comes from the creator of heaven and earth. We are sons and daughters of Abraham and Sarah. We are followers of Jesus who proclaim God's realm. We trust in God who neither slumbers nor sleeps. We are born of the Spirit born from above. Our lives are a gift from God who loves us. God loves the world in the gift of Jesus. By the grace of God, we're born anew each day. Through faith in Christ, we receive eternal life. We rejoice that God has gathered us for worship this morning. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from 2 Peter 2, 9-19. 2 Peter 2, 9 through 19. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and to keep the unrighteous until the day of judgment when they will be punished, especially those who indulge their flesh in depraved lust and who despise authority. Bold and willful, they're not afraid to slander the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not bring against them a slanderous judgment. These people, however, are like irrational animals, mere creatures of instinct, born to be caught and killed. They slander what they do not understand, and as those creatures are destroyed, they also will be destroyed, suffering the wages of doing wrong. They count it a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children, 
They have left the straight road and have gone astray, following the road of Balaam, son of Bazar, who loved the wages of doing wrong, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them the deepest darkness has been reserved. For they speak bombastic nonsense, and with the base desires of the flesh, they entice people who have just escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For people are slaves to whatever masters them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our itinerary or our uh, bulletin, we've made some changes this week. So if you sound like I'm going out of, out of turn or out of place here, I'm going to ask you to trust me. Uh, we will now do the offering uh, before the message. And I want to remind you that faith is an active, dynamic relationship with God. And God calls us to share with one another, not just in the church, but with everyone. Our offerings make faithful ministries possible, both within our church and within our communities. As we move to the offering, I once again just wholeheartedly, humbly thank you. Thank you, thank you for your offerings, your contributions. You definitely bless this church. And God will bless you. Let us pray. God of unwavering love, you've held nothing back in your love for us, not even your son. How we marvel at that kind of love and how we long to reflect a portion of that devotion back to you. As we dedicate our offerings to you, lead us away from our tendency to hold back and worry that there will not be enough. Help us to live as a people of love and abundance you have called us to be. In Christ we pray. Amen. The title to this morning's message is Out of the Believer's Heart. Out of the Believer's Heart. Last week, we compared the main players of a football team to the main players in our body of Christ. We said the coach in a story with Jesus, the teammates were his followers, us, and the playbook was the Bible. The stadium was the world, and the opponent or the enemy was and will always be Satan. We stress the importance of team players reviewing the playbook, or the Bible in our case, every day. It was explained that the playbook and the Bible help us to not only learn our roles, but to learn how to have a strong defense when we're attacked. Romans 12.2 teaches us, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. We renew our minds daily by reviewing that playbook, that Bible containing the Word of God. As for the people in the stadium, we pointed out some may be on our side, but without doubt there will be some cheering for us to fail, cheering for us to lose. They want to shake our confidence and make us lose our focus. But 1 John 4, 4-5 reminds us, Little children, you are from God and have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, 
and the world listens to them. We were reminded, even though we are in the stadium, we're not of the stadium, meaning we're in the world, but not of the world. Those who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior have been set apart. We can find comfort and assurance in the words of 1 Peter 2, 9. It reads, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God, we are a holy nation, a holy team, if you will. But we will not succeed if we fail to stay connected to the well. We agreed that that's what this world is missing. They've lost that connection to the well. And we see the results of it in the form of violence and wars and, yes, even entertainment. And it's not just physical violence. Ask any child who's experienced verbal abuse by a bully. Ask a husband or wife who suffers abuse through the use of hurtful words. Stand in a spot in public long enough and I guarantee you, you'll eventually hear slurs to other people based on skin color, sexual preference, life choices, and even the amount of money people have or don't have. Surely a person connected to the well would never judge or condemn others for these reasons. In truth, a person connected to the well should never judge or condemn for any reason. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 is a warning to us. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For the judgment you give would be the judgment you get. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Verse 3 goes on to say, ask the question, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? And people truly connected to the well would remember and follow 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Encourage one another and build up each other. We are called repeatedly to stay connected to the well, to not just be present, but to be active disciples of Christ. William Barclay writes, It is possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple, to be a camp follower without being a soldier of the king, to be a hanger-on in some great work without pulling one's weight. Once someone was talking to a great scholar about a younger man. He said, So-and-so tells me that he was one of your students. The teacher answered devastatingly, devastatingly, he may have attended my lectures, but he was not one of my students. He said, you see, there's a world of difference between attending lectures and being a student. And may I say, brothers and sisters, there's a world of difference between attending church and being a disciple of Christ. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 shows us a difference between the old life and a new life in Christ. It reads, Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance and hardness of heart. 
They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you learn Christ. For surely you've heard about him and were taught in him, as truth is in Jesus, to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to close yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 19 just told us they have lost all sensitivity. Unfortunately, the they referred to also includes some so-called Christians. It means some have allowed the world and the enemy to desensitize them to what used to be considered evil. We just had this conversation the other night with a couple people. I asked them to remember back when Dick Van Dyke was on the air, if you remember that show. Now, you younger people have to bear with me. When Dick Van Dyke first aired, remember the bedroom? Remember how many beds there were? There were two beds. The show ran from 1961 to 1966. Husband and wife, Rob and Laura Petrie, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, had separate beds. There's a legend of the one foot on the floor rule during these shows. Legend was that if Rob were to sit on Laura's bed, he had to have one foot on the floor. One theory was that the network powers didn't want to be seen as sanctioning or promoting non-married people being in bed together, even if they were portraying a married couple. Some 1950s television show Television shows such as I Love Lucy and Burns and Allen show actually featured real-life married couples. They were married. But even though they were married in real life, they had separate beds on the TV show. This wasn't to depict how real marriages should act, of course, but the rules were to avoid any form of promiscuity on TV. (laughs) My, 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 how far we've come. We've become so desensitized today that even commercials are filled with sexually explicit scenes. We know that sin is a slippery slope. The more we give ourselves to immorality, the easier it is to yield to it the next time. Our hearts grow insensitive. Our hearts grow hard. Our thinking becomes darkened and worldly. We move deeper and deeper into sin and farther and farther away from God, away from that will. We see this biblical truth played out in the world around us. I read a quote, As people become desensitized to the current level of sin and immorality, the culture must sink to a new low in order to shock them. Then, when people have accepted that as normal, the culture takes another step down. And the process begins again. How scary and truthful is that? Need I remind you, our children are now being encouraged to participate in drag shows. How did we become so desensitized that we're willing to risk destroying our children with the filth of the world? 
Somehow we've allowed Satan to trick us into rationalizing and even participating in what the world views as popular culture. 1 John 2.17 promises us, The world and its desire are passing away, but those who do the will of God abide forever. Paul warned the Ephesian believers and us about the great danger of returning again to worldly behavior. In Ephesians 4.23, he calls us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. To be renewed in the spirit of our minds. But it's impossible to renew our spirit without being connected to the well. Even secular companies suggest staying connected. I can't tell you how many times I've been reading a blog online and a little pop-up, a little annoying pop-up screen comes up beckoning me or sometimes telling me that I must get connected or stay connected by signing up and giving them my email information. No, no, no. We are called to get connected or stay connected to the well, the well of life. The alternative is to fall prey to the tricks of the enemy, the desires of the world, and all its fleshly desires. Kathy Howard wrote an article stating, Christians must actively pursue the holiness God desires. We must personally and continually choose to reject our old sinful ways of the world and obediently follow Christ. Welcoming immoral ideas into our minds is like standing at the top of a black diamond ski run. Those are the most difficult, if you don't know. She said it could be the beginning of a dangerous journey. We must carefully guard our hearts and minds because the world constantly clamors for our attention and devotion. The world constantly clamors for our attention and devotion. And so does the enemy. As I said last week, the serpent didn't force Eve to covet that apple, but he craftily made it the main focus of her attention. Instead of reflecting on, reflecting on all that God had given her and all that God had promised, she was deceived in desiring the one thing God said no to. And in my opinion, poor Adam wasn't man enough to say Noah when he'd offer him a taste of that sin for the first time. And all those of us born after are doomed to suffer the same consequence, separation from our Creator. But thanks be to God, through His grace, He calls us back to Him through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. But sadly, He doesn't call everyone to Him. He calls a remnant back. Not all are called. We know this is true because Jesus Himself tells us, no one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. John 6, 44. But we know there's another who draws mankind to him. It's Satan, of course. And he uses many means to desensitize us or trick us and lure us away from God, away from that well of life eternal. I think we've all heard stories of fortune tellers. They're called spiritualists or clairvoyants claiming to have supernatural ability to predict a person's future. Leviticus 19.31 warns us, Do not turn to mediums and spiritualists. Do not seek them out to be defiled 
by them. I am the Lord your God. And of course, we have people who consult tarot cards claiming, quote, they are a powerful way of revealing the truth about your life. They are a powerful way of revealing the truth about your life. No, thank you. I'll stick to the word of God. God warns us again in Leviticus 20, verse 6. And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. But we have to remember it's not only through people. How many of us grew up with a Ouija board in their homes? How many still have one? Please don't raise your hand to that question. The Ouija board is also known as the spirit board or the talking board. I would think that'd be a pretty good indication that it is not born of God. And the enemy also uses entertainers and songs to deceive and desensitize the world. And now they do it on national TV, exposing not only adults, but our children as well. On February 5th of this year, an entertainer named Sam Smith performed a song called Unholy for the World. Madonna introduced the act, and the news described it this way, quote, Surrounded by long-haired acolytes and identical red sheaths, Smith kicked off the performance in an outfit of latex and a devil-horned top hat. And a performer named Petras who was transgendered, entered with she-devils before a wall of fire erupted. After witnessing the act and several performers proudly displaying satanic headgear, one conservative woman responded on Twitter, Where have we gone to? This looks like satanic worship, she said. The song is called Unholy. Is this where America has gone to? One nation under God has left us. Now, think of the influence Madonna and Sam Smith have, not only on adults, but our children. They boast of millions of followers throughout the world. And this is the message they chose to send those followers. Yes, I'd say our world has not only been desensitized, it's been corrupted. Another Twitter user made this comment. You can be mad or upset about Sam Smith's satanic Grammy performance all you want. They enjoy flaunting it. Until you, we, build up a God-fearing culture again and put Jesus at the center of life, this is the kind of junk you're going to keep getting shoved in your face. Change it, he said. He's telling us we need to get connected back to that well. During my preparation for today's message, I was blessed to pause and watch my granddaughter Olivia and eight of her friends compete live at a dance contest in Syracuse over the computer. You know and I know there are no coincidences. As I watched those nine young innocent girls dancing so gracefully across that stage, I literally was brought to tears. I know most of you aren't surprised at that. I guess I was pretty worked up talking about all the evil in the world, and God showed me what really matters. We need to protect our children. We need to protect our grandchildren. We need to pray. 
We need to be vocal. We need to say no to the evils being pushed on our innocent babies. And we need to vote out officials who support these attacks on our innocents. We need to resist the enemy. But the enemy won't be afraid of us if we try keeping one foot in the world, trying to get the best of both worlds. We must get connected to the well. I'm a military man. I cannot conceive the notion of a defeated enemy having any power over those who are victorious. We're told us in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. John 7, 37 through 38 gives the words and promise of our victorious Savior. Savior. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. It is not too late to come back to the well. We move to the love. So, brothers and sisters, I hope this works. I was knocked off the uh, recording device, my phone, because of that emergency, and I wanted to stop together and pray. A gentleman uh, needed assistance due to being burned. I don't know how severely, but let us pray right now. Father God, we just we lift up whoever this gentleman is. Lord, we, we put him into your hands. We pray Lord, that, uh, that it's not uh, serious, that it's not scarring, that it's not painful, Father God, that, it's not, uh, that it can be healed, that he can uh, have his skin back uh, the way it was before the burn. Father God, we lift up those responding. We put them in your care. We pray for their safety. We thank you for the wisdom of the first responders, the fire department, the ambulance drivers. We pray over the hospital uh, with the doctors, the nurses, the technicians, Father God, and we place this gentleman into your capable hands. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to try to continue and attach this to the original message. Uh, we were going to the love feast. So if you remember, the love feast is not communion. It is simply a breaking of bread with brothers and sisters, uh, enjoying fellowship together, uh, and then enjoying fellowship with Jesus Christ, which we should be doing all day, every day anyway. But this is just kind of a time that, that we set it aside. So... If you have something to munch on and, and uh, drink, uh, go ahead and do that now. And if you don't have your mouth full, uh, if you would do the Lord's Prayer with me this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Kate Landis tells us, I want you to know that you're loved beyond your wildest imaginations by the spirit of creation. Every bit of you is holy, even the embarrassing parts, even the thoughts you wouldn't tell your best friend. God is in your every cell, calling you to live a loving, joyful, boisterous life. To go easier on yourself, to accept that you are a blessing. To spread the word that we are all glorious gifts to a world that desperately, desperately needs us. And now for the benediction. 
Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected to the well. God bless you all.